Hi, and welcome to the podcast, His Hands in All Things. My name is Leighton Evans, and I am the host. Our main goal for this podcast is to receive insights from my guests and myself about times that we have felt the Lord's hands in our lives. I hope that this episode will touch you spiritually and you will be able to connect with this guest. Again, thank you so much for listening and please enjoy this episode. Welcome everyone to another episode of His Hands in All Things. Today, my guest is the Richie T. Stedman. Thank you so much for coming on and being on here, Richie. You're, uh, you know, you're very welcome. I'm sorry that it took me so long, but grateful that uh, it's able to work out today. Yep, I'm so thankful for technology and for us to be able to get together this way. Um, so, you understand how the podcast goes and such about how we just share times about how the Lord has um, shown His hand in our life. Um, what are some ways in your life that you've seen that? Well, I want to start really basic. Uh, I can remember when I was probably, oh, I don't know, 11 or 12, I was visiting my grandparents. My grandparents used to do these huge cousins parties, right? All of my dad's brothers and sisters would get together. And so that meant all the grandkids would get together. There was probably, I don't know, I think there's maybe 35 grandkids and we all get together. And my grandparents had an old uh, tandem bicycle. If people don't know what a tandem bicycle is, it's the bicycle built for two. And uh, as it turns out, my grandparents, um, back before they had ever purchased a car, would go on dates on this bicycle. And uh, me and one of my cousins, Quinn, we took that bicycle and we went down. They live in Taylorsville, by, right by actually where the new temple is going to be constructed, and uh, went took that bike down by the Jordan River. And we you know, it's small town kind of community. It's at the end of a dead end road. We just sort of lean this bicycle up against a fence. And then, you know, as kids did would spit, uh, you know, toss rocks into the river or whatever the thing was. And then when we came back uh, to where we'd left the bicycle, it wasn't there anymore. And, and we didn't think too much of it because it was sort of the coveted experience of when we would go to grandma and grandpa's house. Uh, that people would want to ride this bicycle built for two. And um, so we got back and we started asking, hey, who came and got the bike? And lo and behold, no one had come and got the bike, or at least, you know, not anyone within the family. And so we scattered, knowing how important it was for my grandparents, uh, this bike is, uh, you know, this, this legacy part of their life, went door to door, all these things. And I remember uh, my dad said, well, hey, you know what, we should pray and you know ask god to help us find it and and you know like a like a primary school kid i was like yeah that's what we do so we prayed and we kept searching and you know kept knocking maybe a few more doors maybe it was just a little further away from where we had left it and 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 yet still nothing and then you know very downtrodden we're driving away we're we're sort of it's it this sort of large circle and we're driving away back to where we live and we see um this person driving or riding a bicycle on the side of the road. And it's really wobbly. If you've ever tried to ride a tandem bicycle with just one person on it, that's not how it was built. You should always have two. So this person is wobbling and, and I, it caught my eye in particular. And I said, dad, that person is on the bike. And it was dark. There's no way I should have ever seen it. Um, but, but sure enough, my dad sort of flips around in the car and pulls up behind this and says, hello. Um, 
I want you to know that we know that that is our bicycle and that you got it down by the river and we would like it back. And, and the person, you know, sort of acquiesced and said, okay, well, uh, uh, you know, got off the bike and sort of walked away. And my dad asked me to ride that bicycle back from where we were. And at this point, a couple of miles from my grandparents' house to ride it back. And uh, I've never felt more triumphant as I rode, rode that bike back to my grandparents' house. And I remember thinking and have relayed that story several times, thinking, yeah, this is when God answered my prayers. This is maybe the first time that I can remember praying for something albeit a bicycle, but, you know, leaning onto God and, and then being able to receive that answer, um, you know, hey, this, I, I got you, I'll take care of you, and, and then being aware and looking for the answer. So that's, that's sort of a simple one. Another one that's kind of cool, um, when I was serving a mission, I served in the Cleveland area, and we, most of the time that we were there, didn't have a car. We were reliant on the, the mass transit, the bus, and the um, they don't call it light rail. That's what we call it in Utah. They don't call it tracks. It was something else, but essentially, you know, trains uh, that would take you around and it wasn't a subway. And um, I remember one time we were trying to go somewhere on the bus and we got on the wrong bus and I'm sort of air quoting the wrong bus, you know, uh, <laughs> We, we got on a bus that was not taking us in the right direction. And we found ourselves sitting on the bus next to this woman who was obviously flustered. And as you're taught in the MTC and anyone who served a mission, you're, you, you know, you're sort of taught to always be um, aware, look for the promptings of the spirit. And I remember this woman on the bus, I was like, I, I was prompted, you know, just talk to her, right? It wasn't necessarily like, give her a Book of Mormon. She's a woman who's waiting for the gospel and uh, the truth and the peace and, you know, all those things. It was just, you should talk to that woman. And I remember talking to her and, and this was at a time that, you know, I was maybe a year or so into my mission and um, the ability to be able to be like, hey, this is a free book. I'd love for you to just have this free book. I, I was able to do that pretty well. And I just gave her this this copy of the Book of Mormon, and I didn't think too much of it, right? We then recognized, oh, shoot, we're on the wrong bus, heading the wrong way, and, uh, you know, got off and then ended up taking the correct bus to the right destination. Well, it's now months later, I've transferred to a different area and come back to serving in the same stake as that area that I had served previously. And there's this woman who is speaking at stake conference who relays this story of one day, she was very, you know, she was very upset at her job. She was lost as far as her family goes. And she relays the story that she was on the bus and that she had been, you know, praying for, for God to, to, to lead her, to help her as far as all this goes. And she says, and these two very unassuming, you know, guys come and, and one of them just starts talking to me and he gives me uh, uh, this book. And I thought, wow, that was really nice that he gave me this book. And as I'm sitting in state conference, as people, I hope this isn't a, a bad admittance to say, but you know, you don't always pay attention in church meetings. You're not always listening to every word. At, at that point, when she says, they gave me a book sort of unassumingly, I remember going, hey, wait, there's a, the other side of this story seems very familiar, and I am 99% sure that my companion and I were the person, you know, the people, the elders that gave her this book. And so, you know, we get 
to the end of that meeting, because I had never, again, she we gave her that book. She hadn't lived in our area. We didn't get her information, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I just thought I had placed a book and kind of moved on. Find out after the meeting that she had, in fact, joined the church, that she had read the things that we had given her. And and um, and I and and what what struck me so much about you know God's hand in that is for all intents and purposes, the the thought that my companion and I had about that was that we got on the wrong bus, but really we were on the absolute right bus at the right time. So yeah. I, yeah. You can totally see that. I mean, we have those moments where it's like, uh, we're so in the hustle of the day, but then you realize that was a thing that needed to happen. Yeah, yeah. I think those are pretty, those are pretty, you know, not coincidental, but those are like, those are sort of like, um, I, I don't know, maybe Ensign stories, his hand in all things. Um, I, I guess if I, if I look a little more inward and, and share where God has had his hand in my life, um, you know, some, something I don't talk too terribly much about, um, within my first marriage, I was able to, um, become a dad and people will hear that and think, oh, well, he fathered a child. Well, yes, but not the way you probably would think. My, my son was 11 when I got married to my first wife and, um, and I, it, in my patriarchal blessing, one of the things that it says is that I would be, you know, instrumental at helping out um, essentially young men, and it, and it goes even specifically to say young men in the Aaronic priesthood. And um, I, when I was issued my patriarchal blessing was before I had even gone on my mission. So I'm, you know, 18 years old and, and hadn't really considered that. But I remember uh, after, after getting married and after really struggling to find and forge that connection with my uh, son, and then finally succeeding to the point where, you know, we, we, we grew that father-son relationship where we, you know, dug deeper than I'm just his stepdad or whatever the thing would be and, and really connected. I remember, um, I remember reading back through my patriarchal blessing and, and seeing that line um, completely different and that God had given me that opportunity to, you know, read it originally, think about what it may have been when it was issued when I was 18 years old, but it wasn't until, you know, I'm when I was 33 or 34 to, to really understand, you know, what, what that patriarch was likely, you know, seeing or being prompted to, to let me know. Um, yeah, you know, you're doing what God would have you do. You're, you're walking the right path. And that's how come this relationship was able to be nurtured as it was. That's really cool. Yeah, I can understand. Yeah, we all get those things in our patriarchal blessing and we're like, okay, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you want me to learn from that? Yeah, because I just had a cousin that got hers and was super excited and everything. So yeah, I, yeah. Um, how has that, how is um, being able to have those in your life affected? Like how have you been able to better understand your relationship with the savior and with God, with those moments in your life? 
Well, I don't feel alone. That's for sure. Cause sometimes I feel like when I can, when I can go back and think about those moments, it sure gives me hope and faith to be able to carry on for the next time. When I think that, that God or that the savior will come in into my life and help me. And, and so in those, those moments, I mean, we were joking sort of before we started recording today about the bleakness of 2020, about how it was so hard. And, and imagine how, how, how hard it was for, or how much harder it was for so many more than even us, you know, different struggles that they have. Um, but being able to have had those experiences and know that they were of God, that there is a God that exists, that there is a God that loves me, that there is a God that knows specifically me, my specific talents, um, the things that are weaknesses for me, the, you know, my particular situation, what I need to grow, all of those things to be known helps me feel so so loved and so not alone that when I have those brief moments of, man, nothing is going right today, this week, this month, this year, said 2020, I can look and go, oh, you know what? Maybe it is 2021 and it'll be better, or maybe it's not happening again till 22. But I know that a God who loves me and a savior that atoned for me has more in store for me than just misery or hopelessness. There, there, there is something to this. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, that's so true. Especially, you know, when we feel like thing after thing after thing is all that kind of like negative stuff that we were talking about before. Um, Cause we were, as we were, you know, you were mentioning how we were talking about before how 2020 was hard. And um, I've talked about it in a previous episode, probably the first one on here about how I did lose two grandparents during 2020 and how that mm. was extremely hard. Um, but being able to have the gospel in my life and being able to have that knowledge that we have of the plan of salvation to know that I will see them again, as well as um, knowing that the savior, you know, he didn't only atone for our sins. He also atoned for our sorrows and our griefs. Yeah. And he knows exactly how I feel right now. Um, and that just makes it so much better. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, 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 in that time when you think, man, I, I just can't do this anymore. And maybe that's a literally, maybe you, you find yourself in that depressive or, or suicidal ideation. You feel like you can't do it anymore, or you just feel exhausted. Like you can't do it anymore. Or maybe you want to step away from the church or whatever. You can't do it anymore. But I, I think it provides a way, a path for hope to go. No, you can stick with me. I got you. Yeah, it's true. Like, um, cause he's always going to be there and he's always, he's going to always love us no matter what. So just having that, um, knowledge and that affirmation from God and the savior just really does work. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for sharing those. Is there anything else that you have felt prompted to share with me today? Uh, you know, the only thing else that I would say is that I know that, um, you know, that God has his hand in what you're doing with this. I know that that doing um, anytime you share God's message or especially just trying to do a podcast, you know, to be able to put some good out in a space that, you know, maybe there's not a lot of good. I know that it matters. So if you have a million people that listen, 
Well, first of all, I want to know how you got a million people to listen. But second of all, uh, or even if you just have, you know, 10 people that listen and everything in between, just know that, you know, like, like the scriptures tell us that it matters to the one. And the one may be that one person that you touch in something that you say, the one thing that you share in, you know, something that your guest shares, or it may in fact just be you and, and being able to hear people's you know, faithful stories and, and be able to testify of God, it makes a difference. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you with that. Um, doing this for the past few months has really opened my eyes that way. And I really have felt the spirit immensely. And I felt like I've been able to connect with God on a level that I wouldn't have been able to if I hadn't started this podcast. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much, Richie, for coming on. And if you guys want to follow up with Richie and see what he's doing, he has his own podcast called The Cultural Hall. It's very awesome. And he ha- he's on Instagram as well and Facebook. And yeah, so thank you so much, Richie, for coming on and for sharing these experiences with us. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of His Hands in All Things. Two huge shout-outs I'd like to give are for Luana for designing my cover art and for Javin for composing my music. If you would like to share your story on the podcast or if you would like to reach out to me, my socials are on Facebook, His Hands in All Things, and on Instagram at His Hands in All Things. Or you can email me at His Hands in All Things at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I hope that you have a great rest of your week.